What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, February 25th, 2016, and you guys are listening to episode 246. Um, it's uh, not late on Thursday. Again, trying to, you know, always try to get these out late on Wednesday, early on Thursday. Did a couple of shows last night, got in late, and uh, didn't want to give you guys a tired one. So, um, Trying to keep to the schedule, late Thursdays, I mean, uh, either late Wednesdays, early Thursdays. Um, hope everybody had a nice time in between shows. Uh, I had a lot of stuff going on, especially with this fucking puppy that's running around the house. I'll definitely be talking about that. Um, also, I don't know if you are in the New York area listening to this, but these fucking windstorms, um, especially where, we at, uh, where we're at, on top of this hill, on the mountain, it's um, pretty, pretty fucking intense. Like, it gets like... It goes from like, oh yeah, wow, there's a lot of wind, to like, is this going to fucking be okay? <laughs> really um, intense winds, knocking stuff down, people losing power, branches everywhere, like house-shaking winds. Like, this is like fucking hurricane-type shit. Um, but a ton of stuff to talk about. want to talk about what's going on with the puppy, uh, where I performed, where I will be performing. Uh, got some stuff um, in sports, the McGregor-Diaz fight coming up. And, um, just a lot of stuff, unacceptable, your guys' unacceptables, uh, some movies, some things I'm watching to talk about, so, uh, we got a full, full packed TVE for you guys, so sit back, relax, wherever you may be, in the car, at your cubicle, working out, uh, or just chilling out, um, sit back and enjoy episode 246 with me, your host, Paul Verzi, feeling good, uh, still losing weight. Really hard to be good, man. But uh, I'm doing it. I've I've gotten I've, I've gotten over the hump. Now it's just like improving, improving. So I think I'm about, I think I'm about 30 days away from really feeling like good, and then another 30 from being like, yeah, that's where I wanted to be. We'll see though. You know, one party with a couple of fucking cookies, and it's all over. Before we get into the episode, let's uh, let's get to the sponsor. The Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by GonzoFame.com. Go to GonzoFame. .com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today, of tomorrow, um, you know, present, past, just, uh, it's just a great, actually not really past, because uh, Dave Gavry over there in Chicago, very funny up-and-coming comedian, talks to pretty much comedians that are doing it today and coming up or established, and uh, he does a great job, so please go to gonzofame.com, he's always adding interviews, and like I said, the interviews are great. Um, you know, and I'm not asking you guys to do anything other than just go to gonzofame.com, read stuff and look at it and, uh, and help out his site. So please do that. Also, allthingscomedy.com. Go to allthingscomedy.com for the best, uh, podcast, comedy podcast, uh, great podcasts like Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast, uh, Ari Shafir's uh, Skeptic Tank, uh, The Verzi Effect. Um, there's just a bunch on there that are just really really good podcasts. So, um, you know what? I ain't even going to I ain't even going to do that half fast. Here's what I'm going to do for you guys. I'm going to fucking I will new window here. What the what the hell? I just tried to do the right thing. All right, fine. I'll do it this way. I don't give a fuck. Um, I will go to the site and give you guys some that's the type of guy I am on my podcast. I will refer other podcasts uh, because you guys have multiple days in a week to listen to them. So it's not like, now listen, if there was only one day, I wouldn't really put you on to other podcasts. I'd be like, come to mine. But uh, that's not the kind of guy I am. Um, 
Yeah, Doug Stanhope's podcast is on there. Okay, listen to how good these podcasts are. The Burt Cast, Burt Kreischer's podcast is on there. Uh, the Champs, Mosa Kasher and Neil Brennan's podcast is on there. Uh, Come to Papa, Tom Papa's podcast is on there. Um, Dean Del Rey's podcast is on All Things Comedy. Tom Rhodes' podcast is on All Things Comedy. Jason Lawhead's. Um, so there's just a bunch of them. Ben Kissel. Um, who else? Insensitivity Training with Court McCown and my good friend Joe Bartnick is on there. So go to All Things Comedy. Uh, Aaron Foley is on there. Go to All Things uh, Comedy and uh, you will see that. Okay, yes, yeah, Sports Without Balls uh, from Aaron Foley. That's a good podcast too. So there's a lot of podcasts you guys could go to. They also do the All Things Records where my uh, my uh, album was. Uh, thank you guys for continuing to buy the poster and album. Just so you know, if you did buy a poster and album off of paulverzi.com, they have all been sent out. So I would imagine everybody that's gone online and purchased anything should have them by tomorrow, or no later than Saturday. Um, but they are all out, and uh, any request that you guys had as far as signing uh, was done. Just so you guys know, a lot of people are contacting me and asking about the poster and how to, you know, hey, can I get it signed or personalized? When you go to the PayPal and you go to the option to pay for it, there's a thing that says, like, special order request or entry or whatever, and just write in, hey, Paul, I want you to sign this to Joe Schmo, you know, you know, you're an asshole, then sign your name, and I'll see that, and I'll write, Joe Schmo, you're an asshole, and sign my name. So there is an option for that on there. Um, also, finally, um, happy to announce this, and I'm happy to announce this for her. It's a very funny up-and-coming comedian um, named Emma Willman. And uh, Emma got a, a new gig at Sirius XM Raw Dog, and uh, the show is called The Check Spot. And uh, I think I might have mentioned this before. What the check spot is, is is basically she sits there, she interviews a uh, comedian who's got some, you know, an album out, a special out. And, um, you know, I guess during or after or before or whatever, what they do is they play bits from the album and, and also the interview. And um, I was the first guest they had, and I'm honored. She had a few guests uh, in episode one, and I was one of them. And uh, we sat, we had a great conversation, got kind of deep with some stuff, and then um, I guess uh, Night at the Stand will be played on there. That will be at 3.30, I believe 3.30 um, on March 1st on Sirius XM Raw Dog. So if you have that station, if it's in the car, if you have that, if you have satellite radio, go to Sirius XM uh, Comedy and then go to the Raw Dog channel and you will hear that interview and you'll hear some stuff. And please support Emma's new show, The Check Spot, on uh, on Raw Dog, okay? That's really important because it's it's really great what she's doing for comedians that, uh, you know, are, are uh, you know, working and coming up. Uh, want to thank everybody, guys. I want to thank everybody who came out to the shows. Um, what the fuck is this, boy? When you have a turn. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. That was a unprofessional of me. I'm sitting here trying to do the podcast, and I am. the phone buzzes, and I look at the phone, and I also got to look at the dog because the dog is not feeling well, this fucking puppy. I'll get into that in a second. Um, but I want to thank everybody who's uh, coming out to see me lately and coming out to shows. I've been having some people come out, and uh, it's been great. You know, people are listening to the podcast. People are coming out. People are buying the album, and it's happening more and more. So I thank you guys. Um, 
last weekend, did a couple of shows uh, at the stand. And uh, and then uh, I want to shout out everybody that came to Rockwell's in Pelham. That was awesome, man. I went to uh, Rockwell's in uh, Pelham, New York. It's funny because when I was a kid, and I said this to the um, you know to the owner and everybody when I got there, I was like, when I was a kid, my dad took me and my older brother Christian to Rockwell's to get a burger, and it was just a place that like I just knew of. Oh, we're going to Rockwell's, and it was a good burger in Westchester, and my dad would take us, and it was always cool. So then like a few years back or a couple years back, I heard that they're doing comedy. And anytime you hear a restaurant's doing comedy, you know how it's going to be. Sometimes it's a great situation. Sometimes it's really not the most conducive to comedy or whatever. So, um, you know, I was supposed to do it a few months back. And uh, I think I, I ended up going on tour. And it was just, um, it didn't work out for whatever reason. And um, then I got there on Saturday night. Didn't know what to expect. Uh, cause it's just a, you know, it's a, it's a restaurant and everything, but now I've heard they've been doing comedy for like, you know, I guess, I guess around four years and I've seen some great acts going in there. And I was like, wow, you know, this seems like, uh, this could be legit. You know, I see my peers who are working there and I go to this place and it couldn't have been, it couldn't have been any better for a Saturday night. It was fucking awesome. It's in the back of the restaurant, but it's a whole private thing. There's a stage. There's like, you know, they have room for over 100 people sitting there into the show. Um, feels like a comedy club feel, and it was just so much fun. It was, uh, I believe it was, yeah, it was sold out. And um, I guess in the summer or when it's warmer, they open up the back, and they even put more people back there, and some people are outside, and it just looked really cool. I'm looking forward to uh, to doing that if they'd have me. But, um, yeah, so it was a great time. So uh, Saturday nights go to Rockwell's. I want to thank uh, the owner, Mr. Robbins, and his son. Shout out to Mark and Max. Mark is the uh, is the owner's son, and uh, he's, a, he's a Verzi Effect listener, which is so cool. I didn't even know that until I got there. And he's a huge Knicks fan, so we had a great time just talking and shooting the shit about the Knicks and uh, couldn't have been happier with the room and um, people were buying the album and, and it was just a really great time. So please support Rockwell's. If you're in New York and uh, you know, you just, you're in Westchester, you want to just go local, get a good meal and see a great show on a Saturday night. You don't feel like going to New York city, check out Rockwell's in Pelham. It's a fucking awesome, awesome spot. And uh, more and more people are hearing about it and it's, uh, it's really dope. So um, there you go. Um, now here's the deal. All right. Fucking last night. Here's what comedy is. This is the funniest thing about comedy that people, I mean, people know it, but it's just so weird to, from a comedian's perspective to have it happen in the same day. So last night I go down to the city. I'm going to Miami, by the way, I'm going to be in Miami at at the comedy Inn. uh, hold on. I got to sip this fucking cool lime refresher that I'm addicted to. And I know I got some of you people addicted to this shit too. So. I'm I'm going to um I'm going to Miami at um what's it called? Friday. And I'm gonna be at the comedy in Friday and Saturday. I'll plug that all at the end of the show. And so I wanted to get a couple of shows in. Last week I was working almost every fucking night. Wanted to spend a couple of days with the family, but still get up to stay fresh. So I had two shows last night and I go down to the city, I go to New York Comedy Club. You know, kind of a light crowd, but it's still just such a cool room and everything like that. And it's Emilio, the owner, does a great job with, with you know, the, the room. And I go over there, and I just have a great fucking time. I have a great fucking time. I'm doing new jokes. Everything is good. Then I run over 
a few blocks over, and I have another show at the stand the same night. Come on, Stanley. Jesus. Fucking cats. It's like an ongoing thing of the show. It's just to fuck in the middle of the show. I'll just be talking about something. I'm like, yeah, and this crazy thing happened. I'm like, fucking come on, Stanley, this fucking cat. It's it's like he's like trying to. He's like he's almost like yeah. I know the show's going on now, so let me let me get my little plug. Um, speaking of cats, my other cat fucked up the puppy yesterday. I'll talk about that in a second, but uh, so. I do, you know, I have a great show at New York Comedy Club, and then I run over to the stand, and it was just a tight crowd, and Aaron Berg hosted and eventually got him, and then brings me up, and for whatever reason, I addressed something that Aaron said, and the fucking crowd, it was like nothing, and then I did something else, and I started to get some laughs, and I started to this and that, and then I fucking was like, you know something, these people are fucking tight or whatever, and this crowd is weird. And I made a decision, which turned out to be the wrong one, but to just kind of go into my politics and shit. And I start talking about, like, and I don't do a lot of political humor at all, but I start talking about, like, Trump and Hillary. And, like, I'm getting a few people, but it was just, like, fucking pulling teeth back and forth with this fucking crowd back and forth. And then the end of my set, I didn't like how it went. And I just got off stage, and I was like, son of a bitch, you go from a great set to a fucking, and I'm like, ah, that's comedy. So, uh, you know, now I'm going to take it out. I'm going to take it out on that fucking Miami crowd. I mean, it wasn't like awful. I'm just saying it's just like weird how it's like you could do two sets within an hour and you're just, and it's a different feel. But um, I'm just being honest. <laughs> Can I be honest? So I've got this thing now where I got the um puppy running around the house and we're taking care of the dog and we're trying to get him on the potty training schedule and doing all this and that, right? And, um, of course, of course the air conditioner popped on and the dryer popped on at the same time during the show. Why wouldn't it? What else is going to happen? I got cats. I got this and that going off. So, um, I'm fired up people. I'm fired up. This is why I didn't do it last night. So I'm doing it now. Okay. You're welcome. Early in the show, fired up. You know what that means? So the dog is, you know, Hyper and he's running around and the two cats I'll give you guys like the saga that I gave you the beginning the cats were just like fuck this guy we've been here 11 years alright that was episode one dog shows up thinking he's gonna take over the cats are like fuck that we'll go to HR we will bury this fucking guy and now my big cat Thomas the one that looks like a fucking puma he was like the one who wanted no part of it ran upstairs and would just kind of watch from like from afar, you know, he'd just be looking at him, just be like, what the fuck is the deal with this guy, like, just figuring it out, Stanley was more of the curious one trying to sniff him, and then would run up, Stanley's more of like, you know, laid back, and but but still can get, can get crazy, but he wants to figure it out first, Thomas takes a little longer to ease into something, and he's the bigger one, and he could do more damage, so I don't know what happened, but the past couple days, the cats are like, you know what, fuck this guy, I'm not running from this guy, I'm gonna stand my ground, and I'm, fuck it, I don't care, it was almost like them having a meeting about the bully, and they're like, no, this is our fucking house, he's got to come and get it, if he wants it, he's got to come and get it, something's going to give, and it's not going to, you know, I'm not running anymore, so I'm watching Thomas walk up to him, and Thomas kind of wants to know what the deal is with him, and Lloyd, my dog, he doesn't fucking know, Lloyd is just like, hey man, I'm here, let's do this, let's do this, they added me to the party, you know, where the... (laughs) Where the hose at? Where's the, where's the, you know, let's get some bowls of water out here. Let's fucking live it up, man. Let's get some dry food. 
You know, we'll, throw, we'll, we'll get some fucking squeaky toys and we'll just fucking, you know, we'll go to the night, through the night, you know? And the cats are like, nah, man, I'm not fucking partying with you. I don't even know you, man. We gotta, we gotta go through something before this happens. So Lloyd's like going up, sniffing them, and then the cats are kind of backing up. And cats do this thing where when they get defensive, 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 back and put one paw up as if to be like, yo, dude, this is coming. So Thomas and my cats have like really thick, you know, like crazy claws and we never declaw them because they go outside in the woods and that's how they survive. So I saw some shit that was, swear to God, like Roy Jones Jr. in his fucking prime speed, like Mayweather Ali speed where Lloyd went up to Thomas and just tried sniffing him and like put his nose like at his body and Thomas hissed at him, looked at him and I swear to God, a blur right hook, a fucking blur, just whap, like blurred him, and I was even like, holy, like you would have to super slow-mo it, if you super, like super slow-mo it, you'd see, and all of a sudden, like 10 minutes later, I look at Lloyd, and he's got this scratch across his nose with little balls of blood coming out of it, and, and Thomas let him know, look, dude, it's over, so you're not going to come up and sniff and bully me. If you want to hang out and sniff me real quick and then walk away and we could live in this living room together. Otherwise, don't try it or you're going to get fucking hit up hard. And that's what happened. He hit him up fast and hard. And um, and it was crazy to see. Now, um, now the dog is, this is the first day the puppy's not feeling well. So he's got to, I got to take this dog to the vet in the afternoon. He's kind of like out of it a little bit. And uh, he was great yesterday, but now he's kind of just like he's not feeling well. And I guess they get sick or whatever. So I got to take him to the vet. And I hope everything's all right. I didn't know puppies were like this shit. I would have had another fucking kid. You know, at least I would have, you know, you keep the name, your legacy going. I mean, I, I didn't fucking realize. I thought I was going to get like a dog that's like, you know, a dog that could just, that gets it. You know, you think you get a dog and you're like, ah, in fucking two hours he's going to be... You know, able to put himself to bed and feed him. You know, think you're going to get this dog that could open its own box of food and put it in. You know, shit in the toilet. Like, I know it's more than that. But, you know, let out, open the door, let him out. And that's not the case, man. This thing is like, because I I wasn't going to get a gun. But you know what guns don't do, people? Guns don't shit all over the rug. That much I could tell you. Guns don't fucking piss. Guns don't run around happy and just start pissing anywhere. It's, it's. We got to buy all the... I mean, he's not doing it anymore. He has... He's been... The last three days, he's been good. So, thank God. But, yeah, it's not... Uh, it's it's definitely pretty uh, pretty intense having a puppy. So, you know, now I'm like, all right, maybe we should have rescued a two-year-old dog, one-year-old dog. This thing... We got this thing at, like, ten weeks old. Um, what else is going on here? So, yeah... I wanted to talk about uh, something that I saw. It was pretty, um, pretty interesting and and sad and 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 beautiful all at the same time. It's just one of these um, crazy things. But uh, apparently, there's a comedian that's really sick. Uh, his name is uh, Quincy Jones, and um, he, from what I read, I believe I don't know if this is correct, but maybe from Seattle now or in in L.A. by way of Seattle, and. Um, he got diagnosed with something and it was a rare, I mean, it was a cancer that they can't cure and he was given a year to live. And it's just so fucking heartbreaking and brutal, sad, you know? But then the dude is so positive and strong 
and you could tell he just gets it and he gets life that he goes, look, you know, my, my dying wish, what I want to do is I want to do a, I want to do a, a, you know, a stand up special. I really want to do it. I want to do a stand up special and, um, you know, I want to leave something behind. I want to leave a, a legacy. I want to leave something behind that people could listen to and enjoy before I die. So they did a Kickstarter and um, I guess it went great, and they now have enough money to to do to do a special. Um, I went, I donated some money. I mean, you could donate whatever, fifteen, twenty-five, or whatever, and then like with at uh, whatever you donate, you get a certain package. So like with uh, I guess like the twenty-five dollar package, you get like a, a link of his special when it's done, or with this and that, and more and more, you can get tickets to it, or you know, comp- other people get tickets. And uh, you know, I. I I donated to it and I just, I was just thinking like, you know, so many people, man, would just be like, you know, fuck it, you know, I'm sick and whatever. I'll just let my YouTube clips or whatever, just, you know, do it and have my friends talk about me and whatever. And, and, you know, I mean, I would fucking make you sad and devastated. And this guy's just out there plugging away stand up, plugging away stand up just to make a great, you know, comedy hour special. Um, before he dies, so it's kind of like, it makes you think, like, holy shit, like, what problems do you, you know, I'm fucking worried that a Donald Trump joke didn't go over last night, you know, it's, it's just like, when you think about, when you think about things in life, and you put it into perspective, not to get deep or heavy on the show or anything, but it's just kind of crazy how, um, people, like, look at problems, and it's just like, what the fuck are you worried about? You need an oil change? All right. You were late for an appointment and they canceled it? Okay. This guy got told he's got a year to live. You know? And then then he just, his dream is he's just going to do a special and then, you know. And like, you know, I'm fucking praying for a miracle for this guy. But it's like, how crazy is that? You know, that somebody could be that motive. Like, it really is like all about the person. Like, that's, if you found that out, if some, think about that for a second. Right now, think about that. And I know it's a fucking rough thing to think about if you got kids or whatever. But if somebody told you you had a year to live, you just, yeah, you got about a year. Like, if somebody told you that, like, how the fuck is, are you going to get motivated to go and work and get something done? I mean, that is fucking dope. And I commend that guy. I don't know, uh, Quincy. I know some people in, I know some comedians that know him out in LA. I've heard nothing but, but amazing things, positive guy. And, and, you know, just loves to stand up and stuff like that. So, uh, it really made me go, wow. You know, um, and I'm not even saying this to, like, I'm not trying to get money for him or anything like that. If you want to go to the Kickstarter and do something great, you could just say, you know, comedian Quincy Jones, um, you know, and, and Kickstarter and it'll come up or whatever. I actually heard that they actually got the money that they needed. But if you want to read about it, see his story, even donate. I don't know if they're going to just try to do something even more insane with more money. But it's just really, like, fucking inspiring. It really is inspiring. That's the word for it. It's inspiring to to see somebody like, okay, you know what? I'm going to take that head on and I'm going to deal with that head on and I'm going to make people laugh and leave something behind so that's there and that's my legacy. That's fucking as dope and as real as it gets. It really is. Chris Neff, my buddy, goes, this is as real as it gets and then he, he fucking put the Kickstarter thing out there. So check that out. It's it's uh, remarkable is what it is. It's remarkable and, and very inspiring. So I wanted to just you know bring attention to it on my show 
And I was not asked to by any means. Nobody asked me to, nothing. I just saw it and I was like, man, I definitely want to make sure that I, uh, that I get that out there. And I, you know, I talk about that because that's, um, that's extraordinary. You know, there are certain things that you talk about that are like cool and, and, oh man, that that's, did you hear that? But like, this is an extraordinary, amazing thing that this individual is, uh, both going through and, you know, you know, just able to like persevere through it. Cause that's, you know, that's basically like saying, yeah, fuck you, cancer, and fuck you, death. I'm still going to live my dream. So you want to try to cut me short? I'm still going to live my fucking dream. All right? That's 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 amazing. And, um, you know, it just goes to show what human beings and what people are capable of when they're driven and motivated for something. So um, check that out. And when it comes out, you know, watch it and support it uh, for sure. Uh, all right, I need to get into this unacceptable. I don't know how to take this shit, all right? So... My cats need food today, right? So I dropped my daughter off at daycare and I'm driving around and my wife is obsessed with buying things from Target. I don't know if it's because we have a fucking Target card or or it's just, I don't know what it is, but she goes, why don't you go to Target? And I go, well, I could just go to CVS and get a bag of cat food. No, no, but you know what? It's better. Tar- like she just, I don't know what it is. She just loves Target. I, I It's like the weirdest. I'm like, all right, I'm going to drive a little further to go to Target. But then... As I'm thinking about it, I'm like, you know what? That that nice Target by us has a really nice um, Starbucks in it. So I'll go and I'll get my Cool Lime Refresher, which I'm addicted to with Starbucks, and fine. And I'll do that. So I'll go get my cat litter. I'll get my cat food. I'll get my Cool Lime Refresher. And then, and then you know, that's it. And I'll, I'll go on with my day. So I go to Target. And I go to the pet section. And I get the cat food. And I get the litter. And... Then I go to Starbucks and I'm online and I don't even know if this is an unacceptable, but then I thought about it. I'm like, I think it is. So I'm just going to put it out there and whatever it is, it is. But it was, was kind of weird. So I'm online. I was like, yeah, let me get the, you know, the biggest cool lime refresher you got. And they had like this little breakfast sandwich. I was asking the guy, how is that? He's like, it's not bad. I was like, all right, whatever. I'll try it. You know, it's like one of those healthy things. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to eat good. It's, you know, small. I just wanted a bite. So like, I'll try that. So the guy's making me that, he gives me my drink, and then finally he gives me the sandwich, and they have some tables there, like this is like a big fucking, it's like a Starbucks and a little restaurant off to the side of a Target in this in this area. So I look around, there's nobody in there. So I'm like, oh, there's a, there's a table with four chairs, it looks like the cleanest, so I'm going to sit there. And if any a party came that needed it, you know what, I'm a, I'd get up, I'm a gentleman, it's the kind of guy I am, you know? So I'm sitting down at this table. I'm drinking my my drink a little bit. I'm 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 eating this this sandwich, which is super hot. So I'm just waiting for it to cool off. And sure enough, I look to the left, and there's a party of like five guys on the online at Starbucks, and they go up and they start ordering. Now I notice one of them is in a like a, a Yankee Scully, um, you know, like a wool hat, just sitting there, and he's kind of like talking to himself, or like I'm like, is this dude like talking to himself or rapping? Like I couldn't, I couldn't tell what he was doing. So then I look over, and I see um, another gentleman there who's got Down syndrome, and then I see another guy there with like sunglasses on. I see another guy with a hat, and I see another guy who looks like he may have special needs. So I'm like, oh, okay, so this is a thing where four of these guys have special needs, and one of them is like taking them out to grab something to drink or eat. Now, 
Some of them looked like they didn't have an issue. Some of them you could tell might have an issue. So I'm, I'm just sitting there at the thing eating and I'm thinking to myself, well, if they leave, they're just going to get something and leave. Or if they want to sit, I'll totally give up this table. That's what I'm thinking. So I guess the head... So anyway, so one of the guys that like didn't look like he had his shit together was sitting there. And again, I'm, I'm trying to be, I'm not trying to be funny here. Like, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be insensitive. Like my heart goes out to all these people with these issues. But you know, at the same time, when you see a group of people and you could tell ones that like have something going on and the others don't like you got, you got to, you got to recognize it and say what it is. So I'm sitting there and this one dude's fucking like, you know, you're like, all right, that guy's fucked up a little bit. He's got something going on. Um, this guy over here, and when I say fucked up, I don't mean it, I'm just saying like the dude is, is not the guy that I'm going to talk to as far as like being able to resolve anything is, is my point. So I, uh, I look over and two of them walk over to where I'm at and they start looking for tables and I see them looking for tables. And then the one in the sunglasses who looked like nothing was going on, I didn't see him talking to himself. I didn't see any... He just kind of looked over and he looked, uh, and again, like when I said like looked normal, I don't mean like physically, I mean like looked like he wasn't talking to himself, looked like he wasn't like in his own world, looked like he was just basically all there in that moment. So I'm going, oh, maybe that's the guy that drove him here. So he's in like, so I, I look up at him as he's looking for table and I go, oh, do you want to sit here, dude? You want to? And he looks at me. And he just nods his head, yes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem, man. I'll just get my stuff. And, like, you know, totally not even an issue. I grab my drink. I start packing up my sandwich to just go sit on, like, a stool over there by myself. And I go, yeah, no problem. And he just nods his head again, yes. And then we literally, like, cross paths, like, almost, like, touch shoulders. Don't. Probably, like, a couple of inches between us when we walk. And he just nods his head, yes, and then just goes there and sits down. Does not say thank you or acknowledge it at all. Uh, so then I, I like go to this booth and I'm looking over and I'm like, fuck this guy. You know what I mean? Fuck this guy, dude. This is like, that's not right. You know, I, I was so cool and I was so willing like to, and not that I wouldn't be, but like they, there was other chairs. I saw them trying to look at other, like, you know, one of the guys that looked like he was, uh, had special needs just went over and sat down at another table. I didn't let that happen. I'm like, no, you guys could sit here. And the guy just is like sitting there. So then I look over. And I see like four of them sitting there. And then the guy with the scully hat sees a little kid in like a Minions t-shirt. And he's like, yeah, Minions. Yeah, yeah, go Minions. And he starts pumping his fist and the kid leaves. He's like, I love kids. I love kids. And I was like, all right, that's the guy that was talking to himself. I think that guy's definitely got, you know, maybe something going on that, you know, he needs to work out. Right. So, but then I'm just looking at the guy with the glasses and he's not really saying much or doing much. He's just kind of sitting there. So then I look online and I see the guy who brought them. So now I'm like, all right, maybe the guy with the sunglasses um, is more quiet. Maybe he's going through something, you know, whatever. But like, he didn't say thank you. But then here's my my point. So the guy that like drove them, you know, whoever the, the, the guy that brought him there was still online paying for everything and, and picking stuff up. That was definitely the guy that was probably in charge. So I'm like, all right, fine, maybe this isn't an unacceptable that the guy just nodded his head and walked by me when I was being super nice and polite and didn't say anything. Um, but then I'm like, oh, maybe the guy's got something going on. But then, I, the, but here's my problem. The maybe, the, the guy was smart enough to look around for a table. 
You know what I mean? It's not like he was doing a Stevie Wonder thing with his head where it was going back and forth or he was staring at the ceiling. It wasn't anything like that. It wasn't like he was in his own world. It wasn't like he was upset. It wasn't like he was like, you know, blurting stuff out. Nothing like that. The guy was looking around clearly for a table, then looked over at my table to acknowledge that's the table we should be at. And then when I said, oh, dude, do you want to sit here? Nods his head. Yes. Fuck that guy. That's unacceptable. That guy, I just figured it out. It isn't unacceptable. I just figured it out as I talked through it right now on the show. Fuck that guy. That isn't unacceptable. Because, because, because you know, because you know what? You're smart enough and you're standing there and you're definitely, you know, you're all there and you're looking around for the table. You look at like, wow, this guy's sitting there alone and with four, he shouldn't be there. I totally recognize it and get up because it was empty and now it's not empty anymore. I do the right thing. You just nod your head yes. Continue to look at me and nod your head yes when I do that. And now I'm thinking, you know what? He was almost looking at me like, fuck you, dick. You should get up. Fuck that guy. Unacceptable. I don't care what's going on. You're smart enough to look around and see an empty fucking place. And you're smart enough to, to, to understand the table you should be at. And you're smart enough to say yes to me when I'm like, oh, should I get up and I can move? That's fine. And he does that. But you're not fucking, you don't have it. You, you're not registered up there to say thank you very much. Fuck that guy. It's unacceptable. And shame on the fucking leader or whoever it is to brought him there to not say thank you. So either the guy was just an asshole who, who doesn't have, uh, who isn't, you know, mentally challenged in any way, just a dickhead wearing sunglasses inside a Target fucking Starbucks and he's got no manners, okay, so it's either he's a prick or two, he does have something going on but he's smart enough to know something but he, he never fucking learned to say thank you to somebody where that's unacceptable as well. So you know what, that is my unacceptable. Fuck that. Um... I don't know, man. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Unacceptable. I don't give a f- I bet you, I know special needs people that would probably say thank you to, like that, that have, that, that are taught that. Come on, man. Unless you're really in your own world, straight up having a full-fledged conversation with yourself or whatever, but you, you, I mean, when you know certain things, the guy was smart enough to see what was going on. I watched him assess a situation. Okay, and when you watch somebody assess a situation, like it was a basically like if that guy went into a bank to rob it, at that guy's mental capacity, this is what I know about that guy just by me observing it. And I know you guys are like, Verzi's nuts how he's reading into this. No, I'm not. It's life. It's how you read things. It's how you read people. I assessed that this guy's mental capacity 100% was one that if he went into a bank to rob it, and he thought there was only one fat old security guard that they could easily hit over the head, knock out, and get into the safe and get money. But then he walked in, and instead of that fat one, he saw three young ones. I got from this guy that he 100% would be able to look at that, walk out, and tell his crew that's about to rob the bank, yo, there's not one fat old dude, there's three young dudes, and we can't do this right now. I gathered that from this guy. Fuck that guy for not saying thank you. He, now that I think about it, he nodded his head arrogantly like, yeah, fuck you, get up and leave. I deserve that seat. Now I wish I didn't get up. Now I wish I didn't get up. Fuck him. I, I, I shouldn't have got up. I should have been like, you know something, dude? I'm trying to do the right thing. You know what I should have done? I should have started to get up and be like, listen, dude, you're not going to. I should have went to a guy be like, dude, listen, I tried to do the right thing. I tried to get up, be nice. This guy doesn't even say thank you, arrogantly shakes his head and then sits there. Nah. I don't give a fuck. You know? And the guy gets a handicapped parking space. Nah, you can't have it all. Fuck that. I shouldn't have got up. 
Um, all right, that's my unacceptable. I know you guys think I'm nuts, but that was that really bothered me. Now that I think about it, because you know, if you're really like not there, you they would have just pulled up a seat and sat in the middle. They would have sat on the fucking floor. Uh all right. Let's get to your guys unacceptable. <laughs> Oh my God. I'm probably going to listen back to this and be like, you really are a, a nut job. What is wrong with you? All right. Here we go. This one is from Kevin Pallet. Pallet. I hope I got it right, Kevin. I'm sorry. Here we go. Hey, Paul. I was out last night with my girl for her birthday. We went Italian. Great food, but mediocre service at best. Our waiter was a younger kid, and I could tell he was trying... Uh, so, so I cut him some slack. All right. Nice guy. At the end of the night, time to settle the tab. The kid runs my card for the check, uh, for the check at the table next to me by mistake, cancels the charge and runs it, um, for my check. Wait a minute. I don't understand that. The kid runs my card for the check. Okay. At the table next to me by mistake. Oh, I got you. Okay. Cancels the charge and runs it for my check. Gotcha. He tells me, uh, he tells me this, uh, that if there are any, uh, any problems with the, uh, error charge canceling to please call the next day. No problems. As we were leaving, I approached the GM to see if he knew what had happened. He said he, uh, he had, and that's, he had seen what happened. Oh, so has, has he, wait a minute. I'm sorry, guys. Hold on. I approached the GM to see if he knew what had happened. He said he had, okay, and uh, that's where the attitude started. All I wanted was an apology from the guy, and he was just uh, full of excuses and couldn't believe I was making such a big deal out of the situation. When I was a GM back in the day, the least I could do was apologize for any inconvenience it may have caused. Uh, Banks are crafty (laughs) bastards. These days with their pending and canceled charges. Uh, or, don't know, maybe throw in a free cannoli, especially if it's the customer's birthday. I agree 100%. Let me know if I was out of line, but lock this guy in an <laughs> cooked spaghetti cage and fill it with meatballs and make sure to make him wait 20 minutes <laughs> for the wine menu. Um, yeah, I listen... Especially if you don't know if you're going to be charged twice. Like, that's what I worry about with shit like that. Like, when somebody takes my card and like, oh, don't worry, that was canceled out, but this and that. Or, oh, it may take a couple of days, or it may take a day and then call. Anytime somebody says, oh, call tomorrow to make sure, that means that they might have fucked up and they don't want to do it. That's like a lazy, for me, that's like a lazy excuse. Oh, if there's any issues, or just call tomorrow, or, you know, it's like, fuck that. No, dude, make sure, listen, I'm not leaving here until I know my car was charged once, so you fucking figure it out. So, no, I don't think you're out of line, and I think the fact that they acted like you were making a big deal about it is, is, uh, is ridiculous. So, good for you. I like that unacceptable. Thank you, uh, Kevin. I appreciate it. Um, here we go. Uh, this is from David James. And it says, Paul, I'm a fairly new listener to your podcast, and I swear to you, not two days after I've seen the most unacceptable shit in years, I heard your show for the first time. Thanks, Bill Burr. Bill Burr has been great to myself and the Verzi Effect podcast. Um, I know some of you guys heard me from Bobby Kelly's and Joe Matarese's, but Burr 
uh, has put many people onto the show, and uh, I really appreciate that. Um, so thank you if you did uh, listen to any of them, Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast or, or any other podcast for that matter, and you jumped on board. Uh, I really appreciate it. All right, here. So this says, okay. Um, so I'm flying with a group of couples, unacceptable already, from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, to Vegas. While in the airport waiting area, groups of people begin piling into the bar and start tying a good one uh, before the flight. I'm a few deep in when I step away and go make a head call. After handling business, I go to exit the bathroom. I'm all the way out and about two steps uh, into the open area when I see an early 40s-something guy headed towards the bathroom. I look over to avoid hitting him and notice that this simple excuse of a half-eaten shit sandwich has the left pant leg of his dingy white Jordan shorts hiked all the way up his, his hair-bump-infested thigh. Uh, and he's squeezing his dick in his hand. Jesus. Uh, prepping himself before Lord knows the two seconds it takes to pull his pathetic, flesh-colored, crayon-looking dick out of his basketball shorts was obviously too complex a task for this knuckle-dragging fuckhole. <laughs> ah, you guys are fucking kill it. Luckily, this was a midweek late flight, so no kids were around to see this shit or hear my outburst. I myself have always had something... Uh, so, somewhat of <laughs> a quick temper, you think, David? You think? And being a former uh, Marine back in the um, back in the uh, civilian world surely hasn't helped. I immediately go in to sergeant mode and bark. You're out of your fucking mind! Wow, that must have fucked. I'm glad no kids were there too. I am full. Uh, I am full on knife. <laughs> Anting this prick and in such disbelief that my eyes just keep shifting from his eyes <laughs> to his dick and back again. I know, I know, unacceptable. I can't gather my shit together quick enough <laughs> through the shock and rage. So I simply say, you are a motherfucking savage. Get the fuck away from me. Wow, dude. I would have loved to just have fucking been a, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall there. Um. I'm now walking back to my group with an entire lobby staring at only <laughs> the only black guy in South Dakota, and I just lost my shit. Now, I hear through Burr's podcast you're a fan of basketball shorts, but this waste of dick snot hit new levels of fuckery. Unfucking acceptable. They should have locked him in a cage, put him on his own flight, and crash landed that bitch in the Grand Canyon. Love the show, brother. David the contractor. Uh wow, David. Um yeah, I mean I don't necessarily think anger management would be a bad thing <laughs> for you, but I fucking love it and I love that you just said you're out of your mind. First of all, you know what's funny about Burr? I love that guy to death, but he is so full of shit sometimes. I love basketball shorts. No. When I'm first of all, when I'm around the house in the summer doing nothing, I will wear a nice pair of Jordan shorts, you know, maybe socks and flip flops and a nice t-shirt and a pair of like basketball Jordan shorts that are, you know, nice, you know, 
not too short, not too long. I don't wear the ones that are down to my fucking ankles. But, you know, right knee level, a nice pair of, like, you know, newer Jordan shorts just to kick around the house when it's 90 degrees outside and I'm walking around and I'm in my house. Burr sees that once and he's like, oh, Burr, he loves that fucking... No, I don't. You know, yes. Will I wear a nice pair of comfortable sweatpants on a flight to L.A.? Yes, I will. Burr wants to be in a fucking three-piece suit on the way. I don't. I don't do that. So... Uh, anyways, but thank you for the submission. Wow, you guys wrote fucking long ones. Holy shit. Um, you guys wrote some long ones, but you know what? I'll do a long show today. My dog's laying down, not feeling great. The only positive to that is he's not fucking running around biting everything. And, uh, the kids are at school and, and we'll do this. Here we go. This is from Patrick Dwyer. Paul, I have an unacceptable that nearly ruined a concert for me. On Friday, 2.19, I attended Slayer at the Riv in Chicago, a place I've seen countless shows uh, and a great venue. I wanted to actually watch the show, so I went up to the balcony where they have seats, but it's still general admission as far as seating. I get a seat about five rows up before the two opening acts start. Uh, Carcass and Testament, uh, respectively. Okay. I realized when I sat down, Some guys not next to me, uh, but about four seats down, were pounding rum and cokes and shots of Jameson and yelling fucking Slayer. (laughs) Well, that sounds about right. Before the show even starts. uh, I would say it's definitely more unacceptable at a comedy show, but I kind of see where this is going. Now, I understand this is a metal show, but I had a feeling these guys will be a problem. Oh, yeah. I thought of moving, but then I thought, fuck that. I have a great view of the stage, and I won't let these losers make me get a worse seat. The show will be loud when the music starts anyway. Uh, about then, these guys light up cigarette, light up a cigarette, uh, which is not allowed in the building. Security comes up and politely explains to these losers the law. Maybe they are from out of town and were unaware, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on this. But one of the fat fucks' reaction was, Come on, dude, just one? Security says, no, put it out now. I'm going to be keeping an eye on you. As a security guard is walking away from one one of the losers, like a true coward, says, fucking dick. No reaction from security. Maybe he didn't hear him. All the while, these dirtbags are pounding rum, beers, and shots. Uh, Carcass, uh... Uh, Carcass, which is hilarious. Carcass comes on and does their set. Waiting for Testament to start, these two slap dicks light up again. The security guard comes up and firmly tells them, Hey, I told you already, put that out. They both go, Come on, bro, be cool. He goes, If I have to come here up again, um, I'm getting more security to escort you guys out. I'm thinking, Come up here again. <laughs> they should be gone now. This is ridiculous. As a security guard is walking away, he yells, fuck you and the security, you asshole. The security guard does nothing. I can't believe it. Ten minutes later, more security arrives. He must have heard what they said and called his backup. They come and say, you too, come with us. The one dirtbag comes over confused like, what's the problem? One sits there like he doesn't know the guy, a true white trash loser. Who doesn't, uh, who doesn't stick with his friend when it's all said and done. But security makes sure he comes with his friend. This guy tries to stand up, falls back in his seat, 
Oh, wow. Not once, but twice because he's so loaded. But they are finally gone. At least I thought so. Oh, boy. Some people come uh, some people come up and ask if those seats are taken. So I go, nope. Some guys just got kicked out. Please take them. Uh, Testament starts their set. They are still two seats next to me. The crowd is filling up. Ten minutes later, these guys stumble back with shots and beers in hand. How the fuck did they get not get kicked out? But, Paul, it gets worse. They are not only, oh, my God, in my row. They are uh, sitting right next to me. These guys are now pissed and drunk, flipping off random people for no reason, yelling, fuck the riv, fuck security between songs. They did this for the rest of the Testament set. Holy shit. The set ends and these guys are still pounding beers. I think uh, these two pieces of white trash are going to ruin Slayer for me. Finally, about 10 security guards come up and says, you two uh, out for good. These two start whining like a couple of three-year-olds whose parents just told them no more uh, Peppa Pig today. <laughs> uh, but this time, they were finally kicked out. Luckily, Slayer saved the night and destroyed with their unrelenting... Uh, brand of metal and I didn't think about these two uh, trash balls until the next day the riff security policy and practice is unacceptable I know this is long Paul but pissed me off love your comedy in the podcast thanks for everything Patrick Dwyer well uh, yeah dude that was the beauty of that story and thank you for the submission was that you know they they were out before you know Slayer came on but it sounds like the other two bands are good too and that's bullshit um yeah, it's, that's fucking... Dude, is anything worse than a drunk asshole? Nothing. Nothing is worse than a drunk asshole. Uh, here we go. This one is from... This is this one's called Accidental Racism. Oh, boy. Here we go. I don't see the name on there. It's just a uh, an email. So, hi, Paul. Uh, unlike most, this unacceptable is calling out my own unacceptable behavior. My office has a woman that comes in every night to vacuum, change the trash, etc. She's a very nice Spanish woman that speaks very little English. When I see her, we often communicate in little, uh, in the little Spanish that I remember from high school. She'll say, hola, amigo, and I'll reply, hola, uh, <laughs> como, yeah, okay, yeah. Como estas, yeah, all that shit. Hey, hola, all that shit. I know, I know. Uh, last week, I was staying in a hotel, and, uh, as I was walking down the hall, a maid walked off the elevator, looked up at me, uh, smiled, and said, hello. I looked at her and instinctively <laughs> replied, hola. <laughs> she was an African-American woman and spoke perfect English, yet I responded to her English greeting in Spanish. The woman clearly was not Spanish, yet my natural response was to speak Spanish. Unacceptable. Um, okay, and then this is, okay. So there's uh, something else, but I'll I'll read that one to myself. Okay, thank you. Here we go. Chad Richardson. What's up, Paul? First time writing into the podcast. I've got a major unacceptable that happened a few days ago at my local gym. I just got done with an intense cardio session, and I'm ready to go home. I walk into the locker room and change. As I'm still catching my breath, an elderly man approaches me at my locker. The guy says, hey, man, be careful. Watch your step. And I'm confused because I was just standing there at my locker. He then points behind me to the floor uh, where I first 
walked into, I couldn't make out what was on the floor, so I put on my glasses, and behold, it was a giant shit stain on the carpet. Just at the moment, I can hear from the bathroom stall some guy, sh- <laughs> some guy shitting out his soul obnoxiously loud. <laughs> so there's virtually no mystery as to who was the culprit. How the fuck does anybody do this? Paul, I'm disgusted but crying laughing at the situation. The cherry on top was the roided, <laughs> the roided out manager. <laughs> Walking in furious and cursing, <laughs> cursing out the guy while he's still, <laughs> while he's still on the fucking toilet. Oh my god, dude, dude! I got tears in my eyes right now. I would have fucking lost it if somebody <laughs> the visual, <laughs> the visual, <laughs> the visual. <laughs> The visual of a guy shitting his brains out <laughs> while, while another grown man is yelling at <laughs> Oh, shit, dude. Oh, fuck. That's funny. Just the guy's just like shitting his brains out like Jeff Daniels and Dumb and Dumber and the fucking manager's yelling at him. I kind of felt bad for the guy. Also, I'm sorry. I got a couple more sentences here. I got to fucking wipe my eyes. I can't even see the screen. Oh, shit. I kind of felt bad for the guy because who knows if he has the dreaded IBS and can't control it. But still no excuses. As a grown man, if you have the slightest urge to to take a shit before any physical activity. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm not either doing the activity or I shit before it. To avoid a crime scene in my shorts. Put him in a cage with extra rolls of toilet paper. Hashtag unacceptable. <laughs> oh, fuck it, dude. Thank you, Chad. Thank you uh, so much for that. Oh, my God. Is that fucking funny, dude? Holy shit, man. That made me fucking lose it, dude. The visual. The visual of a grown man... Shitting his brains out while getting yelled out from outside the stall is is arguably. <laughs> and the fact that there was a trail of shit following him is just so ridiculous. Thank you, Chad. Uh, all right, a couple more quick ones, guys. And then don't worry, we got more show. A lot more show. Uh, let's see where we at time-wise here. All right, 53 minutes. All right, we should be good. We'll probably get to close to an hour and a half today. All right, this is from Jeremy Rivard. Okay, two players on the Bruins both get two goals, and after the game, the Bruins network gives the star of the game to a player on the other team that scored two goals. Just annoying, unacceptable. P.S. I'm pumped for future extra episodes option. Oh, cool, Jeremy. Thank you. Yo, so the so the the network fucked up. Who did it? And like you're probably yeah, because you like to see at the end of the game, you like to see especially oh yeah, they're gonna give it to him, they're gonna give it to him, and they fuck it up and give it to somebody else, or they give it to somebody on the uh, on the other other team. Thank you for the submission. Um, this one uh, is from Joel Joel Sevic or Shivek. Uh, Hi, Paul. I apologize for the long unacceptable. It's not that long compared to what we had. Uh, I am a GM of two inns on Martha's Vineyard. Nice. Hook it up, dude. Hook it up. I'll come out there with the wife and kids to Martha's Vineyard. You know, play maybe a little golf out there. 
Um, prior to becoming the GM, I was working at the front desk. We had a young couple stay with us and leave. Very pleasant and appeared well-mannered. I was on the desk, uh, I was on the desk later that evening, and a new couple checked in to the room in which they stayed. Oh, boy. I got a call from the young couple who claimed they left behind a very important thing in the back uh, of the nightstand drawer. I told them that the couple in there now is resting and would be leaving the next day, at which time I would search for the item. An hour later, the woman called nearly crying, saying this item meant a lot uh, to them and they wanted to know uh, if, it was, if it was safe immediately. Paul, I was honestly thinking it was a pot pipe. I called over to the room and explained what was going on. I offered to come over and search myself. The gentleman said, uh, the gentleman just said, my wife and me are undressed and lounging, uh, but he was cool and said, I'll grab the item and put it outside of the door. I feel like, uh, I feel like a schmuck and said, don't worry. The gentleman insisted and I said uh, to come to the door. Oh, wait, I don't understand. I felt, I feel like a schmuck and said, don't worry. The gentleman insisted and said, come to the door. Oh, okay. You felt bad that the couple that was resting and fucking undressed was over. I got you. Okay. Uh, I'm now thinking it is a pipe. Uh, I'm going, uh, and I'm going to go down. As I'm walking over, I see the door open and a bag, oh my God, flung out into the balcony. I grab the bag, which is vibrating. I knew exactly what it was, a fucking dildo. No. I bring it back to the manager at the time. She's laughing hysterically but wasn't sure how we were going to mail this back. I then called back the couple to let them know I retrieved their item. They were ecstatic. Oh, my God. The chef at the inn at the time heard the story and was like, people get off on having people discover their sex stuff. What the fuck? Anyway, unacceptable to a couple. I also mentioned I am now the GM, so unacceptable <laughs> to the previous housekeeping crew. None of them uh, work there anymore. Cage them all. Shout out to the other couple who didn't make a huge stink. They certainly could have. Keep up the good work. What the fuck, dude? Are you kidding me? I'll tell you right now, if I was staying in that fucking room and somebody left and I didn't real you said the chef said that he heard a story where people get off on having having other people discover their sex stuff that's fucking sick and perverted but if I'm the couple if I'm the couple staying there dude I'm getting a new room or I'm leaving and I'm or here's what's happened I need another room comped or I'm fucking leaving I need dinners comped fuck that dude that's gross that is gross yeah, it's, a, it's an item. It's very important. And the fact that the woman called crying said that they need to discover it immediately. That means that they were trying to get off on it. That's fucking brutal. Ugh. That's gross. All right. here. Thank you for the submission. Here we go. Kyle Santaliquido. Oh, yeah. This is a regular one. My cousin and I go to a popular water park in New York with our families every summer. I didn't want to say the name, but you can probably guess it since you live there anyway. We've made up this tradition where we count how many uh, Band-Aids are in the wave pool. Last summer was a record and at least uh, uh, of the least ever counted 22. Oh, wow. Uh, there are two unacceptables here. First is that this is the least 
that you will ever see in there. The second is that we're actually counting. <laughs> Sorry about the grammar. I'm on an iPhone this time. That is disgusting, dude. That is fucking disgusting. There is nothing more gross than being in a, any water and seeing a Band-Aid float by. Uh, here we go. This is from Derek Morin. Only a couple more, guys. Um, this is fun, though, man. You guys wrote some good ones this time. Uh, just as soon as I sent my last unacceptable in, I headed into a grocery store. I got into the bathroom before I start shopping. That's kind of weird. Uh, so me and this guy are in the bathroom and he's coughing up a lung. So he caught my attention. So I finished before him and go to wash my hands. And this guy just walks out without washing his hands. So I go about my shopping and I see him over in the produce section and he is basically molesting everything he touches while still coughing. I asked him if he had been over by the... I asked him if he'd been over by the tomatoes or the lettuce, and he says no with a puzzled look on his face. I said, okay, thanks, because I didn't want to grab any produce that you had been ruffling. (laughs) Wow, ruffling through since you didn't wash your hands after the bathroom and since you're coughing over everything. Wow, he tells me to go fuck myself and... Wow, mind my business. And I say, I am minding my business because my health is my business. Have a nice day. Lock him in. <laughs> wow, that, that's fucking nuts. Um, anyway, uh, lock him in a medical sealed cage, Derek. Thank you, Derek. All right. And uh, let's see. All right. Let's see here. All right, so that's it. Let's go to Twitter. I don't think there's much on Twitter. Uh, Everybody's pretty much writing in now. Seems like that's where it's all shifted to, but let's see. Let's see what else is... Oh, man, that's awesome. There's a picture of uh, me, Bartnick. Somebody sent a picture of me, Bartnick, and Burr in uh, Pittsburgh, and it's a great picture. Fuck, that's awesome. All right. Uh, Oh, yeah, Jack Murray. My buddy Jack Murray sent a picture, unacceptable, and it's just a guy shitting in like a milk crate on the street. Thank you, Jack. (laughs) Um, This dude, Max Xavier at, uh, a Matt Xavier at Matt Xavier 5 sent me a picture. It says acceptable. He made these Philly cheesesteaks with bacon and like pepper. It looks insane. Uh, That was, that looks awesome. Uh, This is from Wingman. And it's, uh, man... Uh, it's a fucking man do say relax m-a-n-d-o-s-a-y-s relax uh listening to tv at night has me looking at large gummy bears and craving them unacceptable yeah man don't do it don't do it it's crack um that's it that's it for the unacceptables guys thank you Uh, I'm sorry, Justin Pittman at Justin T. Pittman. Women walking her dog, let it jump up and slobber on me. She was annoyed that I was pissed. Control your fucking dog. Unacceptable. Um, Oh, somebody, uh, Daniel Taylor at DM Taylor says, Stoked to hear you're opening for Burr of Foxes on the 28th. We'd love to meet you at the show. Uh, Hashtag acceptable. Yes, I'll be there on the 28th, but I don't know if I'm staying. I don't think I'm going to stay afterwards. Um... That is it. Every time I say that's it, I see another one, but I think that's it. Yes, that's it. That's it? That's it. Okay. Okay, everybody. So we are an hour in. Got some more time. 
got through that. That was really funny, dude. That shit telling story, dude. That that story of that dude shitting while being yelled at might be one of the funniest ones I've read. That that is an absolute. The visual of a grown man being scolded while shitting by another grown man is on a level of funny that is hard to top. Uh, guys, just like yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Just fucking, <laughs> just losing his fucking bowels. All right, I had a lot of stuff that I want to address on this podcast, so let's see if I got them all. Um, oh yeah, this is one thing that I wanted to talk about, and this is uh, this is going to touch a lot of comedians. Um, and some may say mind your business or whatever, but I'm going to go out there. I'm going to say it's an unprofessional thing. Um, say what you want. I don't care. I'm not trying to be a cunt here. I'm not trying to be a fucking. I'm really not. I'm not trying to be some asshole. I'm not trying to be judgmental. People are going through what they're going through. Whatever. Here's the thing. I'm not going to mention names, but I've been doing a lot of shows in New York City lately. Um, like I always do, but like, you know, just like you're seeing a lot more. I'm, I'm doing a lot more clubs, thank God. Um, you know, and I'm a regular now in a bunch of clubs in the city, so I see sometimes the same rotation of comedians and, all, comedians and also new ones. And one thing that I find really unacceptable... And this could be another unacceptable, but whatever. Comedians that are really smart and good and have jokes. And I'm not going to mention names, obviously. I would never do that to my peers. But, you know, I saw some comedian and he was on stage and like he was so funny and he was so smart and the jokes were so fucking good. And I'm looking, I'm going, this guy's a monster. And the dude just was drinking and drinking and drinking. And he's drinking pints, and then he's drinking this, and then he's drinking that, and God knows what, and shots, or wine, or whatever the fuck he was drinking. And it just got to the point where I was like, you know something, dude? Fuck this guy. Fuck this guy for jipping himself on how good he can be and jipping the the crowd. You know, I'm nobody to judge anybody. I'm not perfect when I first started doing it. But it just gets to a point where it's like, I mean, at one point the guy's like, I'm sorry, I'm drunk. And it's like, you know what, dude? Fuck you then, man. Fuck you that you're drunk. It's like, what do you think? That's cool. That's cool that you're drunk so you could just say it and then everything's going to be fine. It's like, dude, you got great jokes and you're smart, you know, and you're funny and, and you could be an absolute monster and just like unstoppable force. But just because you keep doing that and it's like, and then I said something to another comedian. I was like, dude, this dude is funny, but like this dude and the other comedian just goes, you know, I think he's going through some shit. And you know what I said to him? And it stopped him dead in his tracks. I go, so am I, dude. So am I. We're all going through shit, all right? Like, I, you know, some guy's worried about his girlfriend breaking up with him. Like, fucking get over it, pussy. Seriously. I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, I'm going through shit, man. I got fucking kids. I got a mortgage to pay. I got cars. I got shit that I need to do. I need to fucking work. I need to, I need to you know, keep moving. You know, I got, I got a lot of stuff going on. I got stuff going on personally. Everybody does. It's like, but that's no excuse. It really isn't. And it's it's not oh well you know it's hard to fuck that dude like listen if you got to drink even if you're an alcoholic that's what I'm saying even if you're an alcoholic you can wait until your set's over you know you want to drink all night long or you want to drink before your set but when you're on stage dude fuck that I think it's a bullshit I honestly think I think it's a bullshit excuse I think it's a self sabotaging bullshit thing that people do I think it's a way to make an excuse for yourself when shit doesn't go your way to use it fuck those people man. Oh, well, you know, he's got stuff going on. So do I. So does everybody. Everybody's got shit going on. Everybody. Everybody in this world. There's nobody out there that doesn't have shit going on. Whether you have family issues, mommy, daddy issues, health issues, relationship issues, whatever the fuck it is. 
Everybody's got, everyone's going through something. And it's easy to just fucking drown it in booze and then go on stage. It's like, fuck that. And, and, I, and I fucking comedy clubs should, should say something. Listen, you see a guy have one or two beers. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like drinking pint after pint after pint and clearly being drunk and then going up and doing a few shows drunk and loaded. You know, I, I think it's, a, I think it's fucking bullshit, man. I really do. Um, I'm, listen, I'm not going to judge anybody. If somebody's got like a, a really serious substance abuse problem and they need help, like that's one thing. But like, how about a comedy club being like, nah, dude, you should really like, I can't have you go up on that stage like that. You know, one rule I try to break is, you know, not drinking, you know, before a show. And, you know, and if I do, you know, maybe what, like if I did, let's say I have one, two beers and then I'm like, all right, now I need to wait a little bit because I'm going on stage. Now, that's just me. And I know some people are like, fuck that. I could drink. I'm a grown man. I could do what I want to do. Yeah, you absolutely can, 100%. But when you're loaded and drunk and it affects your set and you address that it's affecting your set in front of a packed crowd, okay, on a weekend night in New York City, that's fucked up. That's a bullshit excuse, and that's something that's, that I think is ridiculous because I think you're jipping yourself. And, and, so, and it's not just one person. There's a few guys that I see do this, but, like, when you see the ones that are dope and that could be really good, it's just, I think it's bullshit, man. And I know comedians are going to give me shit for this. I don't care. I don't care. I think that, I think that it's, um, I think that it's incredibly selfish. I think that it's incredibly unprofessional, and, um, you know, I just, I think it's, you know, I think people need to fucking just grow up and, and not do it, you know, or do it afterwards, not when you're working, you know, because look at it like this. You never hold that job if you had to fucking go to Con Ed. You never hold that job if you run a restaurant, you know, or if you had a partner at a restaurant, your partner sees you fucking walking in loaded. They'd be like, dude, you can't, you fucking, we got customers here. You can't do that. You can't go on stage and just address how drunk you are. Even if you are getting laughs, it's like, it's fucking weird. It's gross. Fucking grow up. There you go. That's what I have to say. That was one thing I wanted to address. But more importantly about that is like, oh, he's going through something. So am I. And when I said that to the guy, you know, I said it to a really good comedian, known comedian. And he was the one that goes, ah, well, I think he's going through some shit. When I just looked at him and I go, you know what, dude, so am I. He just sat back and smirked and nodded his head like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we're all going through something. Fucking bullshit excuse. Let me tell you something. If I went on stage every night drunk because I was going through something, I'd be fucking drunk right now. I'd be drunk every night. Everyone's always going through something. Um, what else? Oh, lady at Target. So I tried to, be, I had this weird day. Like I tried to be nice to people today at Target. I got up at the fucking Starbucks and they just nodded their head yes and took the seat without saying anything. But how about this? Lady starts out nice with me, right? She goes, hey, how are you today? I go, good. I put the cat litter and the cat food up on the thing. And then, you know, I don't know if, if you're not in New York, uh, you know, I'll tell you, it's been torrential downpouring. Winds are not, my wife like texted me last night. I was like, are you all right? Like, she's like, the winds are blowing fucking branches everywhere. Things are going all over the place. And I'm like, yeah, it's crazy. She's like, the house is shaking, all kinds of stuff like that. It's been torrential downpouring in New York. Downpouring, like... Well, you look out, you're like, I've never seen it rain like that before in my life. It's been doing that, like, for the past, like, you know, 24 hours on and off. So, today at Target, when I put up the thing, this lady, you know, at first she didn't look happy. And she goes, hey, how are you today? So I go, oh, I'm doing good, doing well. I put the fucking litter and the food up there. And I go, finally stop raining. <laughs> and she literally just looked away. 
like disgusted that I said that. And I'm, I kind of just was like, put my head down and smirked like, what? It was weird. And then she just kind of gave me a look and then looked outside again. And she goes, I like the rain. Uh, I don't know why I just did a Southern accent because it was a black woman. So I tried to maybe make a black woman. And then when I did, it just came out Southern. But she was more like, I like the rain. That just sounded like a boxer before a fight. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, no, I actually do too. But it's been, and she just kind of ignored it. And the thing, and I'm like, you know something? Fuck these people. I tried. She came up like, hey, how are you today? So I'm like, oh, she wants to talk. So I was, I'm like, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Yeah, stop raining finally, huh? And then nothing. Then gets mad. Fuck them. All right, I'm going to be all over the place in the rest of this because I'm just trying to get stuff out that I wanted to talk about. So this is going to be like a set where I'm trying new stuff. Um, all right, talked about that. Um, talked about comedians that get drunk. Uh, Kanye West is losing his mind. Before this guy's just, it's just going to get to the point where people are like, oh, go away, dude, enough. Just go away. It's fucking getting weird now, man. It really is. Um, what else? Oh, I like, I'm getting into bakeries. I like bakeries. The first job that I ever had, and I obviously took it for granted, and I really, uh, you know, I took it for granted, and I was like in ninth grade, I think I was like 14 years old, and I worked at a bakery, and it smelled good, and it was nice and everything, but it, I didn't really understand, because I was just like, ah, oh, it's my first job, and whatever like that. But now that I'm older... And you like a nice dessert after a nice meal. When you go into a bakery and you either like try a cookie and you see all the cakes, bakeries are the shit. It really is amazing the things that happen when you get older with the coffee and the and the. But like we, I went into this place, amazing place, in Connecticut, and they have a bakery attached to it. And I just went there and I had a nice meal there. I had a really nice, like, either, sand- was it a sandwich or it was just something really good that they make. <clears throat> and uh, I just went there and I was like, yeah, can I get that rainbow cookie and this cookie and all this shit? And they just gave it to me. And I just took, like, two bites of a cookie. And I'm like, there is nothing. Is anything better than eating a great meal, feeling good, and then just getting a little sweet, like a cookie or something? Just and that's like delicious and fresh baked and amazing to just top it off. And then you just sit down and you're like, that was fucking insane. That's where I'm at in my life, everybody. Um now let's talk about let's talk about some um let's talk about some sports stuff. I'm into this Conor McGregor Nate Diaz fight now. Now I'll say this. The guy that got hurt. Uh, McGregor was supposed to fight the champ, the guy that got hurt. I can't pronounce his name right now. It's not in front of me, but uh, you guys know. If you know UFC, he was supposed to fight this guy that I thought was going to beat him. I thought McGregor was actually going to lose to the guy that now, unfortunately, had to drop out because he broke his foot in training. So uh, now he's fighting Nate Diaz. And uh, at first I was like, ah, maybe you see Conor McGregor get his mouth, you know, shut his mouth and, and get beat up a little bit. And... You know, he, um, then I heard the other guy Diaz talking shit and they were cursing back and forth. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I think, I I don't know who I want to win this one, but I wouldn't mind if McGregor did. You ever just look at two fighters and then when they talk or there's a press conference and you just see one's cadence or how they talk, you're like, you know what? Fuck that guy. I hope that guy gets knocked out. So I think I might be rooting for McGregor, but I'm really into that. I think I'm going to order it at the house if I'm going to be home on time to watch it Saturday night. But, um, other than that, you know, the Knicks are barely 
I mean, the Knicks are not even really have a chance to do anything, which sucks. Uh, I wish they did. But we'll see what happens. Come on, Durant. I need Durant to come over to the Knicks. Um, as far as movies, now, I want you guys to listen to me carefully. I don't even want you guys to watch this, all right? But it was... It was one of the... Oh, wait, did I talk... Make sure I didn't talk about this one on the last one. Did I talk about this one on the last one? Uh, I might have. Yeah, I might have. It was the Dear Zachary thing. I don't... It was just one of the saddest, worst. If I didn't... I'm sorry. If I didn't... Because I was talking about it with people. If I didn't mention it on the thing... I saw this documentary called Dear Zachary. It was one of the most horrible, heartbreaking things. I, I don't know. It's That's right. I did say it because I wish I didn't see it. If I could go back. Yes, I did talk about that. I also saw... I've been watching... Um, I just watched episode four of the... Um, People versus O.J. Simpson movie with um, Cuba Gooding Jr. and Travolta, and I gotta tell you, man, it's uh, the acting is really good. The guy who plays Johnny Cochran is really good in it, and there's so many things that you don't know, like you didn't know about the trial now that you see it. So that's what I like about it. You know, I mean, you still know he's guilty, or you think he's guilty when you watch this thing because the evidence is so overwhelming against him. But like how they got Johnny Cochran to be a part of it and then how Johnny Cochran kind of, you know, how they bullied out uh, Shapiro as the lead guy to make Cochran the lead guy and Cochran visiting OJ in prison and the meetings that they had and stuff like that's that's really cool. Like there's a lot of shit, man, like OJ failing the, 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 the lie detector to his lawyers. They showed um, him putting a gun in his mouth or at his head in um, Kardashian's house. Um, what else did they show? They just showed a lot of stuff on how they just basically targeted as a, you know, a race thing. Really interesting, man. Like, and that was when I was a kid, that was really big. So I got to tell you, I've watched four now and every Tuesday night if I'm home and the nice thing is they rerun it back to back so I could watch it, but I'm loving it. I've watched every one. I'm going to watch the whole series and watch the whole thing uh, go down. So that I like, if you guys want to watch that, that's on FX on Tuesdays. And um and then movie I saw I saw the Good Dinosaur with my kids it just came out on um DVD I mean on uh you know on demand so you know I could say the 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 graphics were insane the animation was insane and uh, yeah we liked it I liked it with the kids I mean it's not really you know it's not gonna blow you away if you're an adult but it was pretty good if you want to watch it with the kids okay guys I got to do some plugs and get out of here it, we're almost um, an hour and twenty into this. Uh, this has been episode uh, 246 of TVE. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, this weekend, I will be in Miami at the Comedy Inn. If you are in South Florida, please come and check me out. If you're in Central Florida, drive down and check me out. Um, if you're in North Florida, wait until I'm in North Florida. Um, I will be at the Comedy Inn um, Friday at 930 Tomorrow night at 9.30, and I will be there on Saturday at 8 and 10.30, I believe. You could go to my website for the exact times and all that. Also, uh, March, I'll be doing a lot of spots in New York City, and I will also be in New Jersey um, at the Comedy Shop on the 25th with Joe Bartnick, and I will be at the Best Western on the 26th in Pompton Plains with Joe Bartnick. Uh, in Jersey. Come to those shows. Those shows are going to be nuts. The last time me and Joe were in Jersey, we had a good time. More people are coming out this time. Uh, you could check both of those dates. They're in two different locations. One's in Wontog and one is in uh, Pompton Plains. That's the 25th and the 26th of March. 
at the Comedy Shop with Joe Bartnick. Check it out at paulverzi.com. And also, guys, I will be in Atlanta, ATL, at the Punchline in Atlanta on April 28th through May 1st. Tickets are available now. Please get your tickets. That club is one of the best clubs, some of the best owners in comedy for many, many years. Uh, the Punchline in Atlanta. I will be headlining. It's an honor to go down there and be headlining. I featured there before um, with amazing comedians like Dom Herrera, uh, Bill Burr, and uh, now to be able to get the chance to go down there and headline on my own is awesome. So please get your tickets for The Punchline in Atlanta, April 28th through the 1st. For other dates and upcoming stuff, please go to paulverzi.com. Follow me on Twitter, at paulverzi, that's V-I-R-Z-I. Um, and thank you so much for listening to this. Go to my website if you want to buy a poster. I will personalize it for you. The posters are dope. Buy an album. I will see you at a show. I hope everybody has a great time uh, in between shows. I will talk to you guys soon. I'm looking to get some guests on the show soon, too. Some people are asking for Dave Smith, my buddy from Legion of Skanks, Dave Smith. Some people are asking for some other people. So um, we're going to do some um, do some guests coming up soon. And... Um, there you go. Uh, support Rockwells in Pelham, New York on Saturday nights if you want to see good comedy and you uh, can't go to the city. And uh, check out gonzofame.com, all things comedy, all that good stuff. And uh, until next week, um, I am out of here. Go to a bakery, buy some good cookies. And um, I'm into fucking bake, dude. I Why am I into candy and bakeries? I just don't know. What's happening? I'm like, I, I think like the skinnier I get, I'm just like, I'm looking at it like... Oh, real quick, before I get out of here, I got to say something. I think people who are going to be fat, you can see when they're skinny and young, okay? Now, I know this is completely off the cuff, and I, but I just thought of this. I had a thought, and I just, I just tell you real quick. So, people who are going to be fat, you can see in a very young, even skinny person. And here's how they look at food the way really the way out of shape, heavy people like look and act with food when they're already, you know, when they've already turned, <laughs> you know, like when they're already the Hulk and you see how that like you, you could see like because I saw I saw a little kid. Right. And it's all genetics. So this is this is fucking hilarious. But it's and I'm not even trying to be mean. I'm not. And I'm saying it's actually a problem and it could be solved and, and you could help you could help the kids. But if you look at a skinny kid and you see his parents are really heavy and overweight, like let's say you see, you know, the mom is like two sixty and the dad's like three twenty, right? You see a big couple. The kid is kind of skinny now. When food comes out, the kid looks at it like he's going to the fucking chair tomorrow, right? He's just like, I gotta have that. I gotta eat that. That is why the parents so you need to like nip it in the bud and watch because I've seen that and I was watching it and my son my son's got a friend who um (laughs) my son's got a friend who like just needed to just keep eating and the dude is like the dude is like not heavy and I'm just like this is gonna get really ugly like this guy is gonna be when this guy is a fucking man it's going to be bad. So people got to watch that. And I just found it really interesting because when you see somebody that's going to be athletic or thin through the course of their life or mainly, you know, the main part of their life, you know, they eat to get satisfied and then they go run and play. When you see a little kid just be like, yo, can I get some? Can I get some of this? Can I get some of that? It's just like, Jesus Christ, it starts young. So watch it is what I'm saying. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm doing that in a, in a helpful way. 
because uh, I noticed it, and I did think it was hilarious that a little kid could just like look at a burger the way a 360-pound man looks at a burger, and nobody makes a connection genetically. So there you go. That's the science. That's the science. That's the scientific tip of the Verzi effect. I know it's a very weird way to end the show. But until next time, everybody, until 247, I'm out of here. Thank you guys so much for the support. I love you guys. You guys are the best, man. Verzi effect podcast listeners are the shit. And um, that's why I do it for you. So until next week, I'm out of here. Come out, Florida. Come out to the shows. Miami. Take care.